Looking out my window, feeling the crescendo, sunset on a quiet sea. Sitting with the ones that I'll forever love, we're waiting on a flash of green. And even when the nights got cold, you have always held me close. You're the only rock that I could ever stand on, you're the only one for me. The sun goes up, the sun comes down, this old world keeps spinning round. I'm here traveling down this long and winding road. Seasons come and seasons go. They take me high, they leave me low. But I'm still standing on the only rock I know. You're my cornerstone.
Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? Keep 
can I get an amen on that tune? Oh, hallelujah. The text this morning comes from Luke's gospel. It's uh, chapter 24, verses 44 to 51. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for today. For today is the day you have made, and we rejoice in that. Lord, this morning we know that there's so many people out here who are hurt and broken, who just need your grace and need your love. And Lord, this morning we ask that you pour that out upon everybody. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the worship service we're in, our time together, the music we're singing. And Lord, just keep us, keep us under your protection. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. And even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Come on up. Yeah, find a seat up here on the floor. I brought a game with me. Bop it. Raise your hand if you played bop it. All right. Raise your hand if you're really good at bop it. Raise your hand if you're kind of good at bop it. You're bad? I'm not bad at that. You're bad at that? Ruben, you want to try this? You want to come up and play Bop It with me? Challenge me to a game of Bop It? All right. So you just have to pull that down first and then Bop It to start. All right? Oh, try it one more time. I wish you guys could all hear the music that goes with this. Makes you want to dance. That's not bad. All right, let me see how I do. No, I'm going to try it. Okay, you wait. I know it's a fun game. Bop it start. Here we go. Bop it. 
Let's try this again. Bop it. Why does it keep stopping? I got to do what? I got to hit it? But I heard what it said. And I even repeated what it said. I got to actually do it? Let's try that. Oh, it went to sleep. Pop it. Twist it. Oh, hey, I don't know. I got seven. You know what? That's a lot more fun if you actually do what it says. You know what? If you come find me after worship, you can try it. All right? We'll play some more after worship. But Oh, that's going to sleep. Okay. Reuben, thank you for playing with me. I, don't, I think I need some more practice. But you haven't tried? After worship. Come see me after worship, all right? And you guys can play it. All right? So that game, when I first started playing it, I, I just heard what it said, right? And then I didn't do anything. And Reuben showed me that you actually have to do what it says. Well, you know what? That's a lot like being a follower of Jesus. You know that? That Jesus calls us his witnesses. And that doesn't mean just hearing what he said, but actually doing it. It's kind of like playing bop it. Isn't that amazing? Luke 24, Jesus says, that we are his witnesses to all that he's done. So what has Jesus done? He's, we have this good news, right? Jesus left heaven. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life that we couldn't, but he still died on a cross, even though he didn't do anything wrong, to take the punishment for our sins. And then he rose from the grave alive, and he offers us life with him forever. How amazing is that? That is good news, isn't it? So we have this good news. We have eternal life with Jesus. So we get to live with boldness and confidence in a way that shows people the good news of Jesus. And if we don't, that's kind of like playing bop it without, with just hearing what it says. That's no fun, is it? No, it's a lot more fun to actually do what he says. You're tired? Okay. I'm tired too. <laughs> so you know what? We have this good news, this life with Jesus forever, so let's live out this good news so that other people can see it too, all right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you guys can, I'll fold my hands, and you guys repeat after me, all right? Lord Jesus, please fill us up with your good news and send us out to show others your good news too. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Try to stay awake, though, if you're tired. And come find me after worship. We can play some bop it. All right? And good morning to all of you. I uh, want to welcome especially our guests. We're glad you're with us in worship. And uh, we'd love to meet you and greet you. So following the service, if you would just stop at Next Steps. It's in the family gathering area. If you walked in and you saw cookies and coffee, it's in that room area, but over in that corner. And uh, we have a gift for you. And again, an opportunity for us to meet and greet you. A couple things that will be taking place in, in the service if you're new. And if you're not new and you need a reminder, 
If you, if you have a prayer request, something that you would like included in the service, you'll see up on the screen. You could text the prayer request to 402-242-5051, and it will be included in the worship service today. So if you have a prayer of concern or a prayer of thanksgiving, uh, please text it to that number. We're also going to have communion, also known as the Lord's Supper. And here at 1C, we believe it's bread and wine and the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And so we'd love for you to join us and uh, celebrate this wonderful meal that God has given to all of us. And a couple other quick announcements. After the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have a voters meeting. And uh, really, it's for the election of an officer and also a financial update. So we'd love for you to come and be a part of that. Also, we have BLAST, and that's our summer camp program, and it's going to start tomorrow. It's so exciting. Uh, this, uh, this building already is hopping when it comes to the daycare preschool, but it's going to be really hopping. So if you would, please pray. Pray for all the kids that are going to come onto the campus. Pray for the, the workers that will be ministering to these kids. Um, it's a safe place, a fun place, and a place where Jesus is present. So keep that in your prayers. Uh, what else do we have? Joy baskets are going, going to be passed in just a little bit. And we always encourage everybody, every one of us, to realize two very important things. Number one, God has blessed all of us. All right? He does. And number two, God takes great delight when we say thank you. And there's so many different ways we could say thank you. It is in the singing of the songs. It is in the praying of the prayers. It is in the using of our gifts and abilities. But it's also as we give of our tithes and offerings. So we just ask you to ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to say thank you? All right, so that is that. And then the last but not least, uh, we want to recognize graduates. So whether you're a high school graduate or a college graduate, uh, would you please stand at this time, wherever you are? Just please stand if there, we have any. I know we have somebody in back of me over here. Um, we are so thankful for all the God, that God has done in your life and through your life up until now. And uh, we're going we're gonna to pray in just a moment uh, for your future. But also, they have been blessed by our teachers and any support staff. So if you are in any part of a school system, would you please stand at this time? All right, as you see, see them, uh, we're going to pray for them as well. So just stay standing, and I'm going to lift up a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you again. You have done so much in the lives of our young people. And you have walked with them every step of the way, and you have blessed them. And as they get ready for this next chapter in life, would you please, please lead, guide, and direct them? Would you please bless them? And Lord, as we think of those who have been a part of their life up until now, uh, in any part of our school systems, thank you for all that they've done. And Lord, may you be a blessing. May you bless them as they've been a blessing to so many others. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's show our appreciation to our graduate as well as those who serve. And let's continue now as we worship our Lord.
We continue now with the Lord's Supper, an opportunity for all of us to profess and confess what we believe about our own sinfulness, our need for a Savior, what is in this meal, and then also what we desire and believe and hope for as we live our lives for him. So if you would join with me with the words that are up on the screen. I recognize and confess I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And again, as I've said before, a lot of words up there, but I want to kind of bring you in, dial you into the most important thing. It is Jesus. It is only because of Jesus can you have your sins forgiven. It is only because of Jesus that you have the promise of eternal life. That is the good news that changes our life. And this meal is a beautiful gift that reminds us of that and gives us this gift. 
So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And just a reminder, uh, during the distribution, we have four stations up here. We have the, the two that you normally would see over here. And if you're on the two outside sections, please exit towards the wall and then come on around. And if you're in the two middle sections, please come to the middle, form two aisles, and then come forward and receive this blessed, blessed gift from our Lord. God bless our time together. Amen. for a heart. 
shy on me, lift up your soul Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Oh, come on my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with gratitude in our hearts and recognition that prayer is something that you have initiated for us. You invite us into prayer because you are listening. You are waiting for us to come to you. And so we do that today. And we ask you as you hear these words, these prayers, that you would enter in in your power and bring the answers in your way and in your time. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping my children and grandchildren safe and healthy. Lord, please forgive me for the words that I speak that may hurt the hearts of those I love. A prayer for my father as he begins his cancer treatments, that they will be successful. A prayer that I have good results, test results for my husband in the upcoming weeks. Lord, we lift up our, our friend Cindy and we continue to pray that the chemo will work and that there won't be any terrible side effects and that you will have your hand of healing upon Sunday. A blessing as we begin another summer blast. Guide the staff and teachers to be your hands and feet. Open the hearts and minds of your children to know your love and share it with each and every person. Let all that we do be done with love and kindness to glorify your holy name. A prayer for the gang at SOS to ease the stressors for them and their families, and a prayer for extra help for Christian as he very much needs it in his life. 
prayers for the group at SOS that they will remain strong on their journey of recovery. We pray for a, a prayer of thanksgiving today for Nora, who celebrated her seventh birthday this week. And Lord, a prayer for all those who are seeking you, that you may appear in all aspects and bring yourself closer to those who seek. Prayer especially for my family and the courage and faith to seek God. These are what we bring to you this morning, Lord, and we know that you have heard us and that indeed there is an answer. And so we close with the prayer that you gave to us, this beautiful prayer we bring to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The ascension of Jesus. I don't know what you know about that. I'm just going to give you a little data. We don't know a lot. It was 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus uh, when he was uh, with a group of people kind of like this and he suddenly, magically, mysteriously makes his way up into heaven. Have you ever had a moment like that where you watched something that was maybe beyond your comprehension? I mean, I've had many. And I'll just say some that are very good and some that are not so good. So I'm going to tell you a not so good story. Um, we are coming up on our 40th anniversary um, in just about a week. And one of the things that I would often do for Kristen is, you know, because of Pat being a pastor, we kind of move around and we're different places. And so I would often send her back home because she, again, loves her family, wants to stay connected. And when there were like family events, um, I would just kind of plan it out and say, okay, let's do this. Well, the year was 2003, and we were in Saginaw, Michigan. I was a, a senior pastor at a church named Peace Lutheran, and uh, Kristen had a cousin, first cousin named Jeff, that was going to get married. And again, she wanted to go. She never asked to go, but I'm always like, you know, I think it's good for you to go. So I make this plan. Because I, I didn't have, you know, enough time to get away. And so I said, all right, um, I'll drive you to the ferry in Ludington, Michigan. So that's on the west side of Michigan. And I'm going to put you on the ferry, and it's going to take you across Lake Michigan and bring you to, I'm not even sure if it's Sheboygan. I can't remember the area, but um, that's where it's going to be. And as I'm driving from Saginaw, Michigan to Ludington and on this highway that's going there, I am watching all these motorcycles. And I'm talking lots of motorcycles. I didn't realize that it was the 100th anniversary of the Harley-Davidson. And there were literally hundreds, it felt like thousands, of bikers that we're going to get on the ferry with my bride. So just picture that moment. I'm getting closer and closer, and I'm seeing 
I mean, again, you could see all kind. you know, I, I'm not going to stereotype, but some can be really rough looking. And then some could look like me because I rode like a, I rode a Harley for a while too. Now you're thinking, well, that's not proving any point, is it? Right? Anyway, so I'm getting there and I'm like, do I really want to, do I, do I want to? And it's like, well, she wants to go and I don't have time. So I, I put her on the ferry and I remember sitting there on a park bench, just watching the ferry go away. And I'm like, is this the last time I'm going to see her? I mean, my mind went just all over the place. I'm sorry. I just went there. And maybe you've had a moment like that. Or maybe, you know, sometimes the, the, the I'll call it the magic of a birth, like our firstborn, just gazing and watching and, and looking at this miracle. And so you have these different moments. And that's really what took place about 2,000 years ago. People watched this Jesus who they had followed, some for three and a half years in specific, some for longer, like Mary, his mother, but watching Jesus go up, and they were just watching it. And it was something to behold. And I'm going to say this. I hope that you and I would have that kind of attitude, that we would look at Jesus with a sense of awe and wonder in all that we do. Now, as I was thinking about the theme, which is the ascension, I also thought about this. We are told, let's just see, could you advance it, please? We're told in the, um, the account that we are to be a witness. And, and I had a moment, one of those moments that I go, wait a minute. The word witness could be both a noun and a, a verb. It could be who we are, a witness, and also what we do. And so I'm going to take you on that journey about this idea of who we are, and then we'll also talk about what we do, because I think it goes hand in hand, and you can't pull them apart. So next slide, please. Uh, for those of you that were at the Bible study at the Big Ten this last Tuesday, you cannot answer this question. What does the number 26% mean? Nobody figured it out. And we had some really good guesses um, as we sat around. Anybody want to take a guess? And let me publicly tell you that you're wrong? Anybody want to do that? Ready for this? 26% of the entire New Testament was written by Luke to somebody named Theophilus. Did you know that? The Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts was written by Luke, right, the physician, to somebody very specific named Theophilus. So 26%, 26% of the entire New Testament was very specific. Now, who is this Theophilus? Theologians are guessing over many generations. Some will say that he was a Jew from Alexandria. But there's nothing in the Bible that would actually tell us that. Some believe that it was a Roman official, but there's nothing in the Bible that would tell us that. There's, a, there's what's called extra-biblical documents that are out there. And so people will look at those and go, oh, that's who it was, but we don't know. 
and there's actually some theologians, and this really piqued my interest, is that it wasn't a specific person, but if you look at the word Theophilus in the original language, in the original language would be Greek. So Theo, Theophilus, right? Theo is God, and Phileus is lover of God. Remember, you can find those three love words in the scriptures, right? Agape love, which is the perfect love that we have in Jesus. We have phileo love, which is the brotherly love, this kind of really good love. And so some people believe that this Theophilus was actually anyone who is a friend or a lover of God. That's who it's written for. And I'm telling you that I'm kind of resonating to that. Because what we find throughout Luke and in the book of Acts is a beautiful history, a beautiful story of who God is. And I think Luke wanted everyone to know this. Because Luke himself was a witness both as a noun and as a verb. Remember, he, he really wasn't there for a lot of the events. He would follow up afterward and kind of ask the question, and then he would get the storyline, and then he'd be writing about it. That was his story. So let me uh, take you through. Uh, next slide, please. You are witnesses of these things. That's Luke chapter 24, verse 48. And then you jump to the book of Acts. Again, Luke is the writer of both of these. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so as we think about this idea of who you are and what you do, who you are is a witness of this Jesus, and what you do is you live it out and you share it and you express it in all that you do in your life on this earth. Okay, that's really the storyline. Now if you look at the book of Luke versus the book of Acts, the book of Luke is from Luke chapter 1 to Luke chapter 24. It's the life of Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to give some descriptions of it. But the book of Acts is what happens after people meet Jesus. Really kind of a neat storyline. Luke does a before and after. Really cool. Uh, but I'm going to talk about the witness of the story of Jesus. And so let me just walk you through some of these. Because it really is the summary in the book of Luke. Began in heaven when he left and came to earth, and it ends when he leaves earth to return to heaven. Next slide. Begins with incarnation. It ends with exaltation. Just a, we use the word incarnation. I don't want to just presume you know what that means. It means when God put flesh on and came to this earth and lived amongst us. So it began with incarnation and then it begins with this exaltation of him going up into heaven. Next one. Began with expectation. And ends with consummation. In other words, there was all this wonder of what's going to happen. You know, this expectation. And then all of the promises of God are fulfilled in this one person named Jesus. So there's this consummation of all of God's promise. Next one. Began with the Son of God being born of a virgin, descending to earth. And it ends with the Son of God being born from the dead, ascending to heaven. Luke is capturing all of this. Next one. Began with hope unrealized and ends with hope fully realized. Remember, if 
you, if you go back in the storyline before Jesus was born, God's chosen people were waiting generation after generation after generation. They were, they were oppressed by Rome. They were oppressed by everybody, actually. And they were waiting for God to do something about it. And God made a promise. And they were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they fully realized it in this Jesus. Next one. Began with a promise and ends with a fulfillment and a new promise. Jesus said he's going to come again. Next one. Began with praise and worship and it ends the same way. Just think about Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2. Look at Mary. Remember Mary's exclamation of, I am a handmaiden of the Lord, be it to me as you have said. And then you think about, uh, who are the other ones that I had on my list here? Uh, the story of Zacharias. The story of Simeon and Anna. All of them were praising the coming of the Messiah. And then it ends the same way in Luke chapter 24. Beautiful. Next slide. The witness of the story of Jesus. And I'm not sure where you are in your journey and your walk with Jesus. I hope, and maybe I'll assume this, you've heard of the story of Jesus. You know that he was born in Bethlehem. You know that he lived a perfect life. You know that uh, on that really interesting week, maybe lack of a better term, he enters into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and they're shouting Hosanna and then it turns south on that upper room where they celebrate the Lord's Supper and then all of a sudden he's betrayed and arrested and then beaten and put on trial and put on a cross. I mean, you just see all of that stuff taking place in his life. Uh, what tragedy, kind of, because it was good for us was hard for him. But in light of that, in light of the, the story of Jesus and him getting ready to ascend into heaven, let me take you again to Luke and then to the book of Acts. So Luke 24, next slide please. This is what Jesus said as he's getting ready to go up into heaven. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then Acts 1, 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerus Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Now, um, one of the things I, I encourage people to be careful with is to spiritualize a text. In other words, the text is very specific. Jesus says to the disciples, you go to Jerusalem. All right? Now, when we spiritualize it, we kind of take it into our own world a little bit and say, okay, what does that mean for me if, if I'm in that same situation? So let me, let me take you into two worlds. First off, the specific text. Luke reports that Jesus says, go to Jerusalem. Now, what do you think went into in the mind of a disciple and a follower of Jesus when Jesus would say, go back to Jerusalem? Think about it. What happened to Jesus in Jerusalem? And they're associated with him. So I wonder if there was fear and uncertainty and wonder. I mean, even though he had all these promises, it's really good. But they were to go to Jerusalem. And then they were supposed to wait. 
So now let me go over here. And I'm going to bring it to people like you and me. Are there times and places where God tells you to go somewhere and wait? Yeah. And I don't know what it is for you, but, you know, sometimes it can be health issues. It could be a relationship concern. It could be finances. It could be, I, I call it depression and anxiety. It could be very much this upper room where it's just painful. And there's kind of this, like, bookends. On the one end, you know God is faithful. He, he says, I'm going to be with you always. And then on the other end, he says, I'm never going to leave you. And yet you're in this in-between place, and you're wondering, how do I make it through this time? That upper room. So now let me, let me tell you what worked for the disciples. And I'll give you a little hint. I think this would work for us if we're in a Jerusalem moment, if we're in that upper room moment today. Here are some things that the disciples did, I believe, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Acts 1, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. Next verse. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to what? Prayer. So I'm, I'm actually thinking, I'm believing that if you have this Jerusalem moment, if you have this upper room time where you have to wait, because remember, when Jesus told them to go back to Jerusalem and wait for this power from on high, they did not know how long this was going to be. It ended up being 10 days. But they didn't know how long. So they go back, and it says, they uh, devoting themselves to prayer. Together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now jumping back to Luke. And he led them out as far as Bethany, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And then we find in verse 52, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Next verse. Next verse, please. And we're continually in the temple praising God. There are times in my life when I have a Jerusalem moment where I'm in this waiting period where there's pain and hurt and unknown. I don't always run towards God. There are times I kind of take a step back. There are times I try to figure it out myself. But I think the disciples, moved by the Holy Spirit, realized that the best place for them would be in prayer, in the temple. In other words, in community. Being encouraged and spurred on by one another. For what reason? And that's where, you know, there's the, the witness of something, but there's also a witness for. And that's where I want to take you to Acts chapter 1-8 and then another uh, from Matthew 28. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. 
And then he says, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Do you know what that means for you? Maybe he's not calling you to actually go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But I do believe he's calling us to be ready to be a witness to and for our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, maybe even our enemies. And we get to bring to them the life-saving message of Jesus Christ. And what I find interesting with the disciples, they actually believed that Jesus was going to return while they were still alive. So they were, they were living with such passion and almost a reckless abandon because they wanted everyone to be ready for Jesus to come again. That's why in Matthew chapter 28, we're told, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. A witness as a noun, a witness as a verb. How are we doing in regards to that? Have you, have I spent enough time in the Bible learning about this Jesus? Knowing who he is and what did he do for me personally? And then are we ready to be a verb? To be witnessing this good news of Jesus to all people. My prayer is that God's spirit, the one that was poured out in Pentecost 2,000 years ago, with the same spirit that we poured out in your life in such a way that you cannot contain it. This good news of Jesus and all that he has done for you will bubble up inside of you and out of you as you have conversation with all kinds of people. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand and let's share together our faith in this God as we share together the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
sunsets free.